Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It's a beautiful day here in Starkville, Mississippi. I can tell you that. It is a Chamber of Commerce quality day here. Not too warm, not too cool. A little bit on the warm side from what we've had here recently. But man, what a beautiful day. Hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are today. It's, uh, it's the open date. And uh, listen, there has been some news as of late, and uh, I'm going to get up to speed with you guys on what Mike Leach told us last night in our, our, our Zoom call with Mike. That's kind of how we've been doing it. It has taken some getting used to, but I'll be honest with you, I think I prefer it. Not having to go up there and sit around, wait for a press conference. I, I can do it from the comfort of my own home. Go ahead and join the Zoom call, and, um, you know, it's all done pretty quickly. And then we don't also, we, we don't run the risk of uh, infection for the team. You know, so we're not out there all hanging around because, you know, who knows what, you know, some media person uh, in there in you know, with our travels and stuff might have gotten infected. Next thing you know, the entire media is infected and they spread the team. So I've kind of come to prefer this. Big story of the week, though, Garrett Schrader has entered the NCAA transfer portal. I am a Garrett Schrader fan. You know, not just as a player, but as a, as a person. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's totally shocked by the news. It is a disappointment. But uh, I said early on that I thought that Garrett Schrader was capable of running the scheme. I still do to a lesser extent, but, uh, you know, be that as it may, I think Garrett did the best he could under the circumstances. I think it was pretty clear pretty early on that Garrett wasn't his guy. Garrett makes the move, the receiver, uh, makes a catch, gets out there, kind of makes a transition, and then uh, even gets some work some on uh, on, on punt return. You know, he's he was a uh, – a rusher on the punt return team. And I just think that kind of speaks to who he is as a competitor and a team first guy. You know, you, you never heard anything even behind the scenes about Garrett Schrader making waves or, or being difficult. And I think, honestly, I think he probably would go ahead and finish up the year because he loves his guys. I mean, Garrett Schrader was a guy that's very popular in the locker room. But, um, you know, he's in the portal now. Garrett believes that he is a Division One quarterback. I believe that, too. I think also in the right scheme – you know, perhaps this might not be one that necessarily plays to his skill set. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he can run some RPO stuff, and I think he's capable of being a major college quarterback. And so I wish him the best with all of that. I do think the way he handled it was very classy. You know, there are a lot of people that leave and, uh, you know, they, they kind of, you know, burn bridges on the way out the door. That's not who Garrett Schrader is. But uh, I'll always be grateful for Garrett for how he played last year and just the hard edge and competitive nature that um, – you know, what he what, what he brought to the table, you know, and and uh, he'll graduate, you know, with a win over Ole Miss and, uh, you know, the, the chance to keep the golden egg at home and then advance Mississippi State into uh, into bowl eligibility. Yeah, so we wish Garrett the best and we thank Garrett for his contributions to Mississippi State and, and uh, you know, listen, hope that he has an opportunity to find a great opportunity for himself and, and get back on the field and have the college career that he hopes. I mean, yeah, there's no there's no bad feelings. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure on his part of it, I'm sure, you know, he elected to stay, you know, in hopes of giving this thing a shot. And I think in many respects, uh, it worked out well for him because you have the mulligan year this year where it doesn't count towards your eligibility. And so he gets another year of school, gets a chance to, uh, you know, to hey, have Michael Leach and that, that group kind of work with him, someone being a quarterback. And the lessons learned from that will benefit him down the road, even if he didn't play quarterback here at Mississippi State as a sophomore. But he will still have three years of eligibility left. Uh, he will get an opportunity to enter the transfer portal and go into the recruiting process once again. 
he is not in a position to graduate just yet, so he won't be a grad transfer. But uh, the fact that he still has three years of eligibility left is huge. So, Godspeed to you, Garrett Trader. You and your family have been great. We'll always have uh, we'll always have the uh, the golden miss, right? Garrett scored a game-winning touchdown in that game. Found out that he was starting pretty early in the week that week, and uh, you guys found out on game day that he was playing instead of Tommy Stevens that day. We'll always have the helicopter on the fourth down play, and he nearly pulled it off. I mean, he nearly got there. And again, it kind of speaks to the kind of competitor that he is. And so, yeah, it's our loss. But you know what? That's part of it. Anytime that you have coaching changes, you have schematic changes, you know, you have players that have to kind of move on. I mean, listen, if we decided to run a triple option, you know, you're going to have players that don't fit that scheme either. And that's one thing that kind of, you know, sometimes these Facebook groups are unreadable. You know, sometimes social media is is just, it's so difficult to read through some of the stuff because people just vent emotionally. And so much of that's not rooted in fact. But they share these things out here and, and it, they speak so authoritatively. But, you know, it's just like, I'll give you a good example. Like, say for an example, when you have these mergers, like when companies merge, you know, they're going to keep their best people and then hopefully, you know, recruit and retain some of the other company's best people. But here's the deal. You know, let's say for an example that, uh, you know, we're in business and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we're selling electronics and we merge with, I don't know, you know, some, you know, some machine shop or something. And, you know, we need them to make some, uh, some things for us that, uh, you know, to kind of advance new products. You know, well, there are going to be some people that work in that machine shop that might do some things that don't fit the direction of the new company. Well, you don't keep those people around because they're nice people. You don't keep them around just because of the fact that they've been loyal. I mean, and that, that's the reality of business. You got to do what's best for the long-term planning of the business. And so you call the people out that don't fit your long-term vision and you replace them with people that do. It's the same thing in sports. I mean, it's not the Boy Scouts. Sometimes I think some of our people don't fully appreciate that. This is not the Boy Scouts. This isn't, okay, well, you know, you know, it's just like in Little League and in youth soccer, you know, everybody's got to play a minimum amount. And some of us never really move on from that mentality. We think, okay, well, you know, well, let's put this kid in. I mean, yeah, I know he's a 5'3", 135-pound wide receiver, but he's a next Wes Welker. You know, he needs to play on the high school level. And you put him out there, and then, you know, he doesn't do much. And then we're thinking, you know, if he ever got a chance, you know, I know he's small but slow, but he's a good kid with a big heart, and he really wants to be here. Well, that gets you beat in this league. That gets you beat. And so Garrett Schrader, in many respects, is kind of a casualty of the coaching change. It's not that he did anything wrong or that Mike Leach didn't do anything wrong, but he's just not the best fit for the offense. We all expected some quarterback attrition, and I don't know that we're done. You know, I don't know if Jalen Maidens is going to be content to be a lifetime backup. I wouldn't be, right? I, I, I wouldn't be. I mean, you only get a short time in life to play ball, even if you're not a pro prospect. I mean, I, nobody wants to sit around for four or five years holding a clipboard. But I think, you know, it shows, it too, that Mike Leach had the forethought to go ahead and commit some guys that fit his scheme pretty early on in the recruiting process because he understood that we were going to have some quarterback attrition. I mean, you know, obviously, that K.J. Costello was done at the end of the year. 
I mean, I guess theoretically he could come back, but at this point, you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody expects that. But, you know, you're a situation where you, you enter the year as a four-year, with, you know, with four scholarship quarterbacks, you know, Costello, Schrader, Maiden, and Will Rogers, and now you're looking at probably having a maximum of two scholarship quarterbacks at the end of the semester. Now, all of a sudden, you add two more. Now you're back up to four. And and I know people may not want to hear this. You know, if, if there is a spot remaining, I don't know that if you don't go take a transfer, too, just to add some competition to the room. It's going to be a really, really young room. Maybe you bring a veteran guy to be an emergency backup or whatever, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if State hits transfer portal after spring practice and goes and gets another guy. Because when you begin to think about this thing, you know, let's say Jalen Maiden transfers. And then the only returning scholarship quarterback is Will Rogers. Then you have Will, who is will be a freshman again. And then you have Daniel Greek, who will be a freshman, and Sawyer Robertson, who will be a freshman. So I would not rule that out. I don't expect that you take another quarterback in the class right now, but you know, with some options that may open up later in the transfer portal, uh, if you have some available grants, I could definitely see them taking an older guy. And may even go get a walk-on JUCO guy. You know, Leach has done that before uh, Washington State. You know, it's just part of the deal. But, uh, you know, there are going to be growing pains with all this. And that was one of the things that I asked Mike about last last night. And um, we'll talk some about that uh, a little bit later in the show. But, uh, again, wish the best for Garrett Schrader uh, and his family. Our friends at Bulldog Burger Company are looking forward to serving you. And I told you guys on the last show that I was going to have that uh, jalapeno poppers burger soon. I did. Had that on uh, Monday nights, matter of fact. And uh, it is great. It is not for the faint of heart now. You know, it's got, you know, jalapeno, it's got bacon. Listen, if you're looking for like the little delicate burger, this isn't the one. I mean, this 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 will put some hair on your chest now. It's got a little kick to it. Uh, I think you should check it out. I mean, I... I've been told that some people believe it's the best burger on the menu. I don't know that it's the best, but it's definitely probably up there in the top five. Very, very, very good hamburger. It's a jalapeno popper burger at Bulldog Burger Company. Uh, Listen, two locations to serve you now. Gloucester Street and Tupelo, Stark Vegas, right here on University Drive. You you know the drill. Great people, great food, great prices. And, And, you know, you got to have a spring rolls when you come in. And, and listen, we, we've talked about so much about having tickets, that sort of stuff. If you're looking for a place to congregate and go watch the game, and maybe you don't have tickets or maybe it's a road game or whatever, you couldn't get tickets or you don't want to travel, you can go congregate with Bulldog fans and other fans of college football at Bulldog Burger Company. Have an adult beverage, have a chocolate shake, have a great meal, and just kind of hang and chill and just kind of enjoy the atmosphere and kind of being around uh, – you know, other college football fans. This is a great time. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so we met with Mike over, uh, Mike Leach over uh, Zoom last night. And a couple things. So one of the first questions, of course, was an update on Colin Hill's status. And uh, Leach says, no, no update. He's still unavailable dealing with some personal issues. And so I think it's important that uh, Mississippi State fans kind of prepare themselves for the possibility, and at this point, I believe likely the probability that Colin Hill does not return to the team. I think there is a good chance that he opts out for the remainder of the season. Uh, you know, he's he's working through some things, and uh, again, Colin's a bulldog, and uh, you know, my hope is that uh, things can get back on track, and you know, he can get plugged back in with the team, and then whatever amends need to be made can be made. 
and you push this thing forward. But based on what, I, what I'm hearing, I think there is a very good possibility that Colin Hill opts out. I haven't got any official confirmation on that, but I'll just say there is some chatter in the breeze that, uh, that, I, that I trust that that is a very real possibility, that he may just go ahead and say, you know what, this isn't exactly what I thought it would be, and perhaps I'm hurting my draft stock, and so, um, so I'm going to opt out. And uh, again, I don't know at this point if he's made that decision, but I am told that that is something that has been considered. And so I share that with you because, you know, Leach is correct. There's no update, but everybody's kind of figuring this thing out as we go. It's a day-by-day type deal. And so I think at this point, Mississippi State fans should prepare for Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson to kind of be the guys moving forward. We've seen very little from Lee Weatherspoon and Kareem Walker. Uh, I think maybe you, you you work them in a little bit, you know, perhaps on special teams and maybe have them as, you know, some third and fourth team type guys. But um, it's not shaping up to be the season we expected, right? I mean, you know, K.J. Costello has not been as good as advertised. And we had that first week, even the first week, we were kind of picking it apart saying, you know what, man, as great as the game was, we kind of kept them in the game with some turnovers. But – even then, you know, there was a little bit of a, you know, a hint of some things there that maybe weren't what we'd hoped. So we expected to kind of build this offensive season around KJ Costello and Colin Hill. And now you're you're about halfway through the season and uh, we could be having a youth movement where Will Rogers, a freshman, and Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks are manning those positions. And perhaps that's the best thing for the long-term development of this program. You know, of course, Mike wants to win now, so you make the moves in recruiting to try to put yourselves in a position to win now. But I think now when it's obvious that you're not going to win at the level perhaps that you expected, you got to recalibrate a little bit and change gears. you got to get ready to go again, begin to think, okay, listen, who gives us the best chance to win, not just now but in the future? And so there are some difficult decisions that have to be made. But uh, again – Nothing definite, but I think that is something Bulldog fans need to kind of prepare themselves for, the possibility Colin Hill does not return to the team this year. All right, rolling right along. Also, a couple of things on um, on the quarterback situation. Uh, Leach was kind of asked, you know, he was going to go back and look at the film, that sort of stuff, and kind of what they're going to do. He does say they're going to split reps, and we'll see who moves the offense the best. What, the, what I'm told privately is K.J. is better than Will in practice that he is a better practice player and that that's the reason that he won the job. And that even now, he is the better practice player. Now, Will's a bit of a gamer, as you guys have seen, you know, but he is still a freshman. He is still relatively inexperienced on the college level. And so he's going to make some bad reads. You know, as someone said this morning, you know, everybody loves him right now until he's the one throwing the picks. But, you know, uh, I think there'll be a little bit of grace involved there because he is a freshman, you know, and say, you know what, it's better for the team next year. But uh, it's a competition that'll linger in the next week. I still expect that Will Rogers will probably probably be the guy down the stretch. Does he get to start at Tuscaloosa? I don't know. You know, that might be a little bit too much to ask of a young guy, but I think the game reps, you get him. If you could get him through the game without getting him injured, you're sure to that? I don't think there's any question. But the way the offensive line has been played and the fact that we're getting pressure from the backside and the blind side, that's a real concern too. You know, you got to think about that. But uh, it is an, it's still a competition between those two guys. Uh, let's see here. 
Let me move on. Let's see what else we got to say here. I talked a little bit about offensive line play. Well, I think we did a couple things, says Leach. I think we missed way too many assignments. We got to communicate better. I think this week is definitely important to us to do that. We got to sharpen our communication. There's way too much indecision, a lack of communication with that group, or there was last game. We've had straight up run throughs with people there to, to do it. And what he's talking about there is when you've got people there to block, but yet defenders have kind of come through like a swinging gate. We've got to communicate it. We've got to relax up there and do our job. And we didn't do it cohesively. What's more frustrating is we did it throughout the week. And then all of a sudden we go to the game and it all breaks down and we play frantic. One of the things I think you kind of have to ask yourself at times if you're a coach is, is my team tough enough? Are they tough enough? And if not, you got to toughen them up. And, yeah, we've had the leech beats and we've had midnight maneuvers and all that stuff. But it, basically they just kind of got a, you know, a glimpse of what that's really all about. You know, and, and there's, there's guys that are, that are physically tough that are not mentally tough. You know, I think in many respects, like you look at, you know, the K.J. Costello thing. I mean, when he's back there and the, he's protected, got those a pretty football. He does. But what does he do when things break down? You know, that, that's the, the mental toughness aspect of it. There's a lot of people out there that uh, they have a lot of intelligence don't have a lot of toughness. There are a lot of people that have a lot of skill and a lot of physicality don't have a lot of toughness. And I just mean from a physical standpoint, there are some people that go out there and work all day and, uh, you, know, you know, dig a barbed wire fence post holes for you all the way and then fill them up and build you a fence. They may not be able to tell you how to do it, but they can go do it for you. There's a lot of people that have physical toughness that uh, as soon as they face some adversity, they kind of revert back to uh, to what they were. And that's the thing that I, I say all the time on the show, and it's one of the things that I believe, you know, like with the recruiting process, you know, when kids bail out late, make a bad decision or whatever, or they decommit and they go throw a hat or they do something silly, it, that always seems to come back. But I would rather find out now that I can't trust a guy then wait to its fourth and goal on the one in Tuscaloosa or Oxford. You know, I'd rather know now that I can't trust you. I got. I'd rather know now that you're not tough enough to deal with it, to go make the play necessary for us to go win a ball game. I'd rather know now because people show you their character throughout the process. Yeah, people improve and they mature and that sort of stuff. But generally, people that tuck tail and run continue to do so. Yeah, sometimes they get their backs against the wall and they have no choice but to make a stand. But it's very rare that they would just choose to do it. Uh, Eric Collins, the guy that helped me with the uh, Tupelo Combines for many, many years, Eric Collins used to say, you know what, man, if they won't bite his puppies, you're not going to have much of a dog. And that's the truth. And so, again, I go back to this whole deal about toughness, is you've got to find guys that are mentally tough, that are under the circumstances, no matter what, they're not going to tuck tail and run. They're not going to miss their assignments. They're not going to whiff. They're not going to turn to their coach when they get lambasted. And when a coach says, hey, what happened? Say, well, coach, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Yeah, you know. And if you don't know, then we got the wrong guy out there. So we got to make adjustments. That's one thing that we talked about on a Monday show. That's one thing that I was kind of inspired by with Cole Smith. You know, Cole Smith gets out there and we put him at left guard. That wasn't the position he was recruited for. We put him out there, and you know, Cole's trying to uh, to fire up the crowd a little bit. And you know what? He got out there and fought, and I thought protection got a little bit better. I think everybody saw. You know what? Techni- Technique-wise, he might not be where he needs to be because, again, he's been playing center. You know, we had some errant snaps there, but uh, so we put James Jackson there. And, and listen, he's had better snaps and, and 
would KJ fumble three of them this past week? I mean, you know, and so we've eliminated that as a possibility now. We, you know, we, we've kind of addressed that need, but I think you you look at a guy like Cole Smith, the guy that uh, you know died in the wool and maroon. We give him an opportunity now to get out here and compete. And yeah, maybe he's not the prototypical guard. Maybe he doesn't have elite size. Maybe he's not a big road grader. Maybe he's not a guy that can get out there and and do a lot of things that his teammates can. But but the kid's tough. It's clear that he's tough. And that's one of the things that I've learned about sports is, you know, get, give me the kid that will get out there and fight, you know, over the kid that perhaps, uh, you know, looks the best in the uniform. There's a lot of uh, airport All-Americans walking around out here that, uh, you know, look good and smell good, but don't play good. As old Melvin Smith used to say, they look like Tarzan and play like Jane. You know, and so we've got some of that. So give give me the kids that have some some toughness about them because I know it means something to them. You know, people who aren't tough will discount the value in the in the competition. They'd say, well, you know, we were going to beat them anyway. You know, I, I want the guy out there on my team that says, you know what, we'll find a way. And I know this, my job is to get out of here and beat this guy. So I'm going to go out there and beat that guy as often as I can and hopefully do my part to help the team get a win or get a touchdown trying to find a way to compete. And I think that's where one of the biggest losses of spring practice and, and not having the full summer the way we, we normally have is that you hadn't had a chance to build some of that. You know, a lot of that is built over time. So some people are kind of born, you know, with some mental fortitude. And other people, you, when you experience it over time. You know, when you would face adversity and you learn to compete, you learn to overcome it, then all of a sudden you develop some toughness. And I think that's one of the things that you, that you lose – but not having spring practice. I mean, when you got to get there and compete against a guy and go win a job, sometimes you got to out tough them. And that's not always physically. It's just about mentally. Because, you know, mentally people just keep coming. Mentally people won't quit. There are a lot of physically gifted people when they begin to, to feel that the game is getting away from them, they kind of go through the motions. We don't need those guys on our football team. That's one of the things I'll get back to, too. Garrett Schrader's not the last guy to leave. And, you know, listen, Garrett's as tough as they come. I'm not in any way you know, throwing that indictment on him. But the bottom line is, is we've got some guys that don't fit. we got some guys that don't fit the scheme. we got some guys that don't fit the culture. And, you know, and we would be doing them a disservice to expect them to stay knowing they're not going to contribute. They need to go find a place they can contribute. So we're going to have some other guys leave. Go ahead and get ready for that. And and I, and I know there's there'll be no shortage of people on Twitter and Facebook like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Remember this show when those moments happen. We're going to have some other guys leave, and it's best for us, and it's best for them. But that's not how people will spend it. They'll say, oh, you know, the, you know, the sky's falling. This is happening. This is happening. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that we got to move forward with this. And uh, Mike's got to find some guys that are tough and willing to compete. One of the things that he mentioned, too, was asked about, you know, kind of how do you, how do you get those guys to practice well to play well? You know, how do we get them to stop being frantic and having stage fight on game day? Coach says, we just have to keep coaching them. It starts out, do you understand in a meeting? Can you draw it on the board? Can you do it when we do, when you walk through? Can you do it in practice against scouts? Then can you do it in the game? We just haven't taken that other step. And so it's not about coaching at that point. Because if we understand what's expected of us, we have a full understanding of the responsibilities and, the, and where that works in the framework of an offensive or defensive play. And then we can go out there and we can practice it and execute it against a scout team 
and we can do it through the walkthroughs and we can do it good on good, then what happens on game day? Well, that's not a preparation issue. It's not a coaching issue. It's a toughness issue. It's being able to go out there and do what's expected of you when it's expected of you. Not everybody can do that. All right, today's top 10 list brought to you by the folks at my bookie. You guys are familiar with my bookie. They've been with me for a while. And they're they're back, obviously, for football season and all the, uh, the fun of the fall. Between the NFL, college football, and the MLB World Series now, Dodgers win last night. There's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of person that likes to go into the back the big favorites, consider putting a couple uh, in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games more exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real windfall. And don't forget the underdogs. They have tons of value, and we should know where that more, more times than not. But in pro football, there really aren't any underdogs because everybody's got a, a very talented 53-man roster. You could see anybody beat anybody on any, any given day. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your own wallet. Sign up at my bookie, and when you do, use promo code Boneyard to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. That's right. You deposit 100 they give you 100 bucks worth of house money to play with. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code Boneyard for you to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stack UF, UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all major sports, and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at mybookie.com. All right, so we're going to wrap up all the Chris Cornell stuff today. I told you guys we would do Chris Cornell week. It kind of went over the weekend. But uh, today is our last day of Chris Cornell stuff. I'm sure we'll go back to um, this at some point. So this is like everything. It's not Soundgarden or Audio Slate. So it's some solo stuff. It's some stuff from Temple of the Dog. It's a few things, just some B-sides, some things just kind of put out there. But uh, some of my favorite Chris Cornell tracks are things that he didn't do as part of a band. You know, a lot of if you go download the Chris Cornell songbook, uh, you can hear him do live performances, basically, you know, acoustically, of some incredible songs. So here's some songs that that I didn't um, didn't include on the top ten list because some of them are covers, but also too, there's so many to choose from. Uh, the Johnny Cash cover, "You Never Knew My Mind," great, 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 great. Uh, the newest release is uh, Patience, a you know, cover of the Guns N' Roses song off uh, GNR Lives. Great version of that. Chris's version of Nothing Compares to You, uh, I think really maybe better than the original, but I'm biased. Uh, Office of solo albums, When Bad Does Good, it's a good track. The Promise and then Cleaning My Gun, uh, like all three of those. But here is my top 10 list. Top 10 Chris Cornell songs, not from Soundgarden or Audio Slave. Number 10, can't Change Me, that's off the Euphoria Morning album, really kind of a laid-back track. Uh, also kind of one of Defiance, I think you'd enjoy that. A B-side off of the Higher Truth album, Through the Window. Uh, and it's about it's about watching somebody suffer. You know, it's about with love in your heart. You know, it's like you see somebody go through this. And uh, I've seen many people mention that song as something that's, if they've lost people, you know, to illness, long-term illness, that the song... It was of real value to them. Number eight, off of the Temple of the Dog album, Wooden Jesus. Uh, the lyrics on that are some of the best things that Chris ever wrote. Number seven, 
there are times in my life this song has been ranked much higher, but it's Sun Shower. And uh, I think that's one of those kind of happy, upbeat Chris Cornell songs. Not always, uh, you know, his uh, modus operandi there. Uh, number six, also off the Higher Truth album, Nearly Forgot My Broken Heart. It's got a great little mandolin piece at the beginning. The instrumentation on this song is great. Really laid back, really cool. Number five, one of my favorites. For a long time, this song was not available anywhere other than live. Like they didn't market it anywhere, wasn't ever on any albums, but uh, it was released with the uh, songbook Live Sessions. And it's called When Hope and Promise Fade. And it is a very, 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 very powerful song. Uh, one of the catch lines in the chorus is, um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm only two drinks away from crying. You know, but um, great, great tune, When Hope and Promise Fade. Number four, Off Temple of the Dog, it's Say Hello to Heaven. The song was dedicated to Andrew Wood, Chris Cornell's longtime best friend and founder and singer of the original grunge group, Mother Love Bone. Uh, that whole album was dedicated to Andrew's uh, memory, but that was one that he wrote shortly after Andrew's overdose. Number three, off the singles soundtrack. And for you young folks, if you've never watched the singles movie, you should. Matt Dillon's in that movie. I guess, um, let me think, uh, Kyra Sedgwick is in that movie. It, it's a great movie, Bridget Fonda. And it's kind of about the Seattle scene and sound at the time. Some of it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but... Uh, Chris Cornell actually makes a cameo appearance in that. But uh, the song Seasons, it's an incredible song. Uh, they hit another one, um, another Soundgarden song that made the album too. But uh, the Seasons, sometimes when I'm driving, I'll put this one on. It kind of calms me down a little bit. Number two, also off the tempo of the dog, is Call Me a Dog. And uh, it's again, it's about, it's about a guy and a girl, and uh, they have a tendency to argue a little bit. And... Um, you know, she says some cruel things and he makes a comment that, uh, you know, when it's my turn to call, I call you beautiful if I call at all. But number one, also from the Temple of the Dog album, it's Hunger Strike. I, I, I've let it be known to people that I love that I want this played at my funeral. Uh, Hunger Strike, you know, Pearl Jam, Stone Gossard, Jeff Ahmet, who were also in Middle Love Bone, and then Eddie Vedder kind of join up with uh, the boys from Soundgarden and uh, recorded a couple tracks for Temple of the Dog. And this is one of them. And uh, the Temple of the Dog album was kind of laid dormant for a while until Pearl Jam kind of exploded. And then everybody was eager to kind of know what was going on. So they reissued the Temple of the Dog album. And um, and so one of the greatest songs of the 90s was Unleashed. So Hunger Strike, go check it out. Go listen to it today. You'll love it. Speaking of love, it's time for you to show some love for yourself and uh, kind of protect yourself. You know, there's a lot of people out there for a long time, guys, we were a little bit reluctant to get involved with um, you know, trimming our intimate areas and doing some manscaping. Our folks from Manscaped are here to help you through that process. They're here to make sure this Halloween season you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. You know exactly what I mean by that. Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach Caring for your intimate areas and great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Let's not forget, it's the best trimmer on the market for this sort of thing. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. The new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours, and you know the older you get, the more that becomes an issue for you. 
Crop Care Kit includes deodorant uh, for your masculine area. Everybody knows the pumpkin spice lattes and uh, those sort of things go hand in hand. Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that uh, you can also use on your hair. The Crop Mop Wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes. You always be prepared for that. Plus, you don't want to stink around that Thanksgiving dinner table, right? If you suffer from stank foot, and at some point some of us have, some of a chronic condition, because you stand on your feet all day, and you, they've got a product for you. It's called the Foot Duster. It's a foot deodorant, and it's a free gift. The Cooling Tea Tree Oil offers a pleasant experience for the nastiest of feet and allows you to take your shoes off in confidence. Nothing worse than that, right? Manscaped Refined Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell clean and fresh for your date. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, fat-free, sugar-free, all that good stuff. So you know your manhood's in good hands. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com today with promo code BONEYARD. Go check it out. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code BONEYARD. Make yourself and your manscaping a priority this fall. Perhaps you've seen this by now, too, that uh, Fred Peters, Mississippi State defensive back, starting nickel safety, lost for the season. Uh, had season-ending surgery and uh, will not be a part of the program moving forward this year. Hope that he rebounds and comes back next year since this was a mulligan year. But, uh, you know, that's a secondary that's played really well, and Fred's been a big part of that. You know, early on, you know, I know he took some criticism in the LSU game because uh, you know, he sometimes tried to do a little bit too much. Tried to had to cover two guys. But uh, Fred has played well. And um, he's going to be gone. So I think that makes, you know, another opportunity, you know, to move Marcus Murphy around. Maybe you put Sean Preston uh, there at free safety. But uh, the good thing is we've got a few games under our belt, so we know we've got some guys that are willing to get out there and play and compete. But now you've lost Dylan Lawrence for the year, broken ankle surgery, and now you've lost Fred Peters. And so that's a group that was very short on experience, belong on talent, and now the depth is really being challenged there. So – uh, that's big news. I think State probably has some players that can step in and play, but, you know, I really felt like Fred had really kind of was beginning to come into his own and uh, had a really good fall camp. Was one of the one of the guys that uh, routinely got called out for being a top performer in fall camp. So that's kind of where things stand there. So we'll kind of move forward with that. It'll be interesting to see. The good thing is we've got two weeks to kind of figure it out before we fill the team. But, uh, you know, you've, you've had some guys. John Preston brings some real physicality to the game uh, that has proven to be a guy that uh, can make plays in this league. And so, you know, hopefully that doesn't become an issue long-term for Mississippi State. But um, you got a lot of guys out there for sure. But uh, Fred Peters, a guy that's a senior and a guy that, if you remember, you know, Jamal Peters and, and Jonathan Abram were both – very instrumental in getting him to Mississippi State. You know, he picked State over Ole Miss leg. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Ole Miss, uh, but it didn't, didn't work out that way. And uh, State had the, the inside track with him. It took a while for him to get on track last year, but uh, really good defender for State down the stretch. Uh, after we had some injuries last year, you know, he, he ended up having to start and played very well in the Egg Bowl and against Abilene Christian and was really a guy that we expected to take a big jump in the spring. He took that jump in fall camp. So now we expect him back next year. And that's one of those things we think about, too. It's like, you know, all these guys can come back, you know, all these seniors, the ones that are not pro prospects. But I don't think it's going to be a big number. But I think guys like Fred Peters that have pro potential that maybe have seen, um, you know, their their stock maybe not take the jump that it would have with a full season under their belts. Maybe he comes back for a mulligan. Maybe he comes back and has an opportunity 
to play next year and play his way into some pro football opportunities. Let me remind you, too, our folks at Campus Bookmart are happy to help you out. Stan to Ma'am, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. Everybody up there will treat you like family because you are family to them. Uh, many of you bought your textbooks there, you rent your textbooks there, or you use their free lot. If you're a commuter student, you can park at Campus Bookmart, Campus Bookmart for free and just walk the campus. If you don't mind walking a few steps, you can save a few bucks there and I have to deal with all that and get in out of there pretty quickly. They also have all the Mississippi State merchandise you need to outfit your home, your wardrobe, your pet, anything you need. They can take care of it for you. Anything out there that's got Mississippi State's logo on it, Miss Kathy Brown can get it for you. I always have victory shirts whenever we win a ball game, so you can find those at Campus Bookmart. Always, always on top of the game there. Like if we win a ball game on Saturday, they got shirts printed and ready to go by Monday. So think of Campus Bookmart whenever you get ready to uh, to think about Mississippi State merch. When you get ready to order online, do so at campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Recruiting, you know, we talked a lot about offensive line play, and Mississippi State has responded this week. It's interesting. I, I think now, now with four weeks of the season in, they kind of realize we need to get cracking on this uh, offensive line recruiting. Carson Williams, a product of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, was offered uh, on Tuesday – Spoke with him yesterday, uh, and I, I was offered Monday. Got offered Monday. I spoke with him yesterday, and uh, got his reaction. He is originally from Scott Central High School in Forest, Mississippi. Signed on with Arkansas State over a few other G five offers out of high school. Got up there, just you know, felt like he wasn't at home. Thought deep down he probably should reboot his career and go to JUCO and see if he couldn't have the opportunity to play in the SEC. He leaves Arkansas State after just the one semester. Uh, and then tra- enters the transfer portal and then enrolls at Gulf Coast Community College. He's only played a couple games so far. I understand he's sick this week, so I don't know how much he's going to play in the ball game. But, uh, you know, he's a big guy. You know, he's a big physical guy that, uh, you know, it's kind of standing out. I, I had a member of the staff at Gulf Coast tell me that he has the best feet on the team of all the linemen, that he's the best, the quickest. And uh, we certainly need some of that. But State's offered him. He tells me that he is probably going to make a decision here in the next week to 10 days. That he is a guy that, uh, you know, doesn't like to entertain the recruiting process. He doesn't want to go through all the the nonsense. And he's already taken some visits before. So this is really kind of more about a business decision, about finding the right fit. He gets a chance to play in the SEC in his home state. He also is uh, best friends with Bulldog commitment, Devonta Q. Strong, also from Forest and Scott Central, and also playing at Gulf Coast Community College. I understand they've lived together since they were in eighth grade. So that's something you think about and uh, should bode well for the Bulldogs. I don't think there's another offer out there that he has on the table that uh, can compete with what state has offered him. He tells me that he spends a lot of time in Starkville already, already has a lot of friends up here. Uh, that kind of bodes well for state's chances, too. Caleb ATN is a guy that we've chased for a long time, initially out of Warren East in high school. I guess he's at Fort Scott, Kansas now. Uh, released the top three, state not in it. We were in the top six. Think Oklahoma State might be the team to beat there. So you need another JUCO offensive lineman. And after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I think we all agree. And then you get a you know high school guy to round out the class. And uh, state has offered Austin Barber out of Jacksonville, Florida, who is currently committed to Minnesota, still committed to Minnesota, but a guy that uh, you know that I understand is still open to other schools. 
So we'll see how things progress with him. And then Nason Simmons, I got a Canton, Georgia, Cherokee High School up there. Offer hadn't been extended yet, but it might be before the end of the week. It's a guy that's played two years of high school football. He is a long physical athlete, still kind of figuring this thing out. Developmental guy for sure. But you're about to see State really get serious now, kind of get this offensive line recruiting wrapped up. Offering some junior college defensive ends. I think we need an edge rusher there, especially what we're losing with Kobe Jones and those guys. You know, Trey Lawson's played some, Aaron Odom, Jack Harris. But uh, we need somebody that's going to be a difference maker off the edge. And um, those are the things that we kind of look look through now. It's like you you got to get two defensive ends. One of those guys probably needs to be a two-year guy that can come in here in January and compete in spring practice and be a difference maker in the fall. Going to be awfully interesting to see how that goes. I mean, that – we talk about you know Garrett Schrader leaving, and yes, that opens up a spot in the 83. It doesn't open up a spot uh, in the annual limit because here we are, we're capped. We have one spot left to count back for 2020 for a mid-year guy, and we've got 25 grants that we can use for 2021. And so the target initially was around 24, but you've had some guys leave. And so now you begin to think, okay, you can sign 26, but you still have to have room under the 83. And at this point, State doesn't have that. I do expect there to be some more attrition, but state's not going to oversign in January and February and December and February. It's not going to happen. We'll sign our currently committed, but Mississippi State is not going to send a scholarship out for a guy if we don't have a spot for him. That's just not how we do things. Now, as guys begin to kind of move on in the spring, I believe we fill those gaps with some grad transfers and people of that nature. And so you could see maybe less than 25 on National Signing Day, but then you, you kind of add some people uh, later in that process as spots open up. This stands now, and I think State you know, hangs on to what they have. Uh, you know, Michaela and Pounder, some Bahia, that's one that Ole Miss is still after, and so that's one we'll have to continue to recruit very hard. Gabe Cavazos, uh, offensive lineman out of Lake Homer right now, kind of cleared to enroll in January. He's working towards a December graduation, and so uh, that's a big part of things. You know, he's a guy that's moving forward and doing what he needs to do to get here. He's also a very low-maintenance guy. You know, he's a guy that wanted the opportunity to play in his home state. He got it. Now it's a chance to play in the SEC. Um, listen, big things in store for that guy. Nick Jones out of East Mississippi Community College and other uh, January guys. So you could sit in a situation like, let's say you go get Carson Williams. And you got Carson Williams. Carson Williams. Gabe Cavazos, Nick Jones could all be January enrollment guys and really give you some reinforcements, give some competition to those guys. Because, listen, Mississippi State, for the most part, it's going to return most of your offensive line too deep next year. I, at this point, if I had to call it, I don't think Scott Lashley is back. I don't think so. We'll see. I think Scott's given it an opportunity, and maybe it's just not in the cards for him. You know, he was lost to season-ending surgery earlier this year. But, uh, you know, Darian Parker's a guy I think that might come back. You know, we'll kind of see how what his opportunities are. But, again, you got, you know, Charles Cross, now Cole Smith, James Jackson. All those guys are expected to be back. Dollar Bill Johnson. And, and uh, let's talk about Dollar Bill a little bit. You guys saw he got a little nicked up on, uh, on Saturday and uh, was carted from the field. And then, um, you know, we didn't hear a whole lot. I, I'm told it is a high ankle sprain. He'll be day to day, but uh, you know, I'm told he could play. There's nothing to stop him from playing against Alabama. You know that he's not going to be, uh, you know, held out of that unless, uh, you know, unless he takes a step back. But it's not a season-ending type injury. It's not one of those deals where it looked really bad when he left. 
Uh, but I'm told that, uh, you know, he's moving around okay, and uh, you know, we'll kind of see how things progress from there. But, you know, again, you've got a young nucleus coming back, and you add some more competition to the room, it only makes everybody better because there's not going to be a lot leaving, I think, that, uh, that you're going to miss a whole lot. That's just me being honest there. Speaking of missing out, you don't want to miss out on the opportunity you have right now with a new Portico residential development here in Starkville, just off of Garrard Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership. Very conveniently located, just 1.1 miles from campus, easy access to Highway 82 and 25. If you're familiar with the area, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's going to be two phases of properties built here. There will be 51 houses total, 18 in the first phase, and they're, they're getting close to completing those. They're pretty much getting... You know, here pretty soon, they'll be move-in ready. It'll be 33 houses in the second phase, and that construction will begin right around the turn of the year. Houses will range anywhere from 1,300 square feet to 2,000 square feet, so you can have a two-bedroom or three or four. So any any home, whether it be an investment property or it be a getaway or a game day retreat for you or your primary residence, they've got something to, to, to fit you there. Uh, Portico includes a walking track and a pavilion area. Brooks Bryan. Diamond Dog legend Brooks Bryan. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Brooks Bryan caught, robbed a home run against Washington that um, that sent us to Omaha. And if if you don't believe me, you can ask Brooks uh, or anybody that knows Brooks because uh, he will certainly tell you. So Brooks Bryan is your contact. Let me give you Brooks's number. And uh, if need be, you can pause the show to write this down. If you're looking to move to Starkville or invest in some property here, uh, Brooks is the way to go. That's phone number 601-416-8075. 416-601-416-8075. All right. Before we get out of here, a couple more things I want to talk about. Okay, I'm going to be at Premier Sports in Cleveland, Mississippi tomorrow. It's Thursday from 3 to 6. And uh, we'll have books available for purchase. Flim Flam, Stark Villains, Alpha Dogs will all be there. Had a great turnout last time. The Delta's always good, man. You guys are all – you always come through for me. I appreciate that. So, again, that's Premier Sports 3 to 6 uh, in Cleveland tomorrow, and I'll update you guys uh, for next week's signings as we get a little bit closer. I'm just kind of living week to week now. I just know where i got to be on certain days, and then I re- kind of regroup on Monday. We'll go back to a normal schedule back next week with Alabama uh, week being here. We'll have Mike Leach on Monday. We still expect to get some players and coaches at some point this week, I'm not sure how advanced that's going to be. And I think a lot of times, too, they want to get the players kind of a break from all this stuff, too, because even though there's not a large number of guys interviewing, you know, there's a lot to that. And especially on the bye week, there's just not a lot to talk about. There's no opponent to prepare for. There's no film that you watch. And so the, the interviews, by and large, are going to kind of be the same old thing. I mean, so unless you, you know, unless we're interviewing London Craft, you know, it's a guy we don't know a whole lot about, but he's played really well for us. You know, there's just not a lot of feature opportunities right now this week. And so if you don't see a lot of news out there, uh, they don't panic. Don't think we're all just kind of you know laying down on a job. But I'll be honest with you, this week, the news out of Mississippi State football has not been very good. As you guys are aware, Garrett Schrader's transferring. And again, a lot of rumors about Kyle and Hill possibly opting out, not rejoining the team. And then the news about Fred Peters. So, so we could use some good news. And, you know, and I, I, I've reached a point in my life where just getting a new commitment is not enough. Uh, to kind of reverse the trend, Mississippi State needs to go win some football games. Mississippi State needs to go win some football games, and that, that's a big part of things. I think everybody kind of understands this, that everything else is kind of a sideshow to that. The injury reports, you know, recruiting and rankings, that sort of stuff, everything is kind of details of a bigger picture, and that's the, the situation of Mississippi State going to win football games. 
And listen, we've got some winnable games down the stretch, but uh, I don't think next weekend is one of them. I think you all kind of feel the same as we can just go over there and kind of survive that and kind of show some signs of life. But, you know, when I look at what Zach Arnett is doing with our defense and the fact that we're the number one defense in the SEC, I'm kind of eager to see how we match up with Alabama. Now, I worry a little bit about the vertical passing game because I don't know if we have the foot speed to run with Waddle, but who does? You know, and so we've got to do some things, I think, to kind of keep those guys corralled. But I think the defense can go over there and, and compete. You know, but after what Alabama did to Georgia, it's one of those things you look at and you begin to realize this Alabama team is probably better than what they've had in recent years. We all were we were all told the defense is going to be better this year, and they have been to a certain extent. But offensively, I think they're leaps and bounds beyond what most people expected. Mac Jones has been tremendous for them. Everybody thought, well, we're two eleven. You know, Mac Jones will be serviceable, but uh, might be a step back. I think, if anything, uh, it's been a step forward in the vertical passing game because, you know, Tua, Tua was the guy that could beat you with his feet. Mac Jones is kind of content to sit back there and distribute the football. And he certainly got the pass protection of wide receivers to do just that. So I'm excited to see how Zach Arnett will attack them. I think that uh, our defense is playing with an edge, and I think that our people kind of fully appreciate the fact that uh, – you know, we've got some people talking well, good about our defense. And let's be, let's be brutally honest with ourselves here. We're not overly talented on defense. We're not. Now, we have some good players that are playing with tremendous effort, and they're coached by a great staff. But it's not like we've got people that are showing up in mock drafts and you say, oh, well, these guys are going to be first and second rounders. You know, in 2018, you know, we had three first rounders. I think Jeff Simmons is probably first rounder today. He stepped on campus. But, you know, Jonathan Abram, and Montez Sway played their way in. But I don't think there's anybody you look at right now and say, those, those guys are going to be drafted in the first couple rounds. I mean, you know, there are some guys who will have some opportunities, mostly undrafted free agents. And that's what really fires me up for the future. I think it's so important to keep Zach Arnett on staff. And, you know, we have these self-loathing Mississippi State fans that as soon as we get something nice, you know, people think they're going to take it away from us. I, I can only begin to imagine uh, your dating habits. You know, when you were a teenager, so I'm not going to ask her out because she's going to say no anyway. Listen, she already wasn't dancing with you. You should ask her anyway. But be that as it may, I think we enjoy what we have while we have it. And there's no point in getting all, you know, down in the mouth thinking, oh, woe is us. This guy's going to leave us. You know, Zach Garnett is going to be head coach someday. Zach Garnett's a Rocky Long disciple. Uh, he was recommended to Mike Leach by Rocky Long. And so there's a relationship there. That's not to say they're married at the hip or they're going to be together forever. But, yeah, I don't think Zach Arnett's going to leave after one year. Now, Alabama probably needs to get another D.C. I don't know that 335 alignment kind of jives with what Nick Saban traditionally runs there at Alabama. But I'm not going to sit here and worry about what might happen. I'm more concerned about Mississippi State winning football games now. Now. And so I'm going to encourage folks to kind of be positive. I know there's a lot to be negative about. I'm just encouraging you to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. It's a bye week this week. We, there's no chance that we lose this week. We've got an open date. So we're not going to lose a football game. So you're going to be able to watch football this weekend. You can relax and say, you know what? It was great to enjoy college football. I didn't have any emotional investment in any of these games. Then enjoy your week. We can worry about Alabama next week. We can worry about Zach Arnett's job search after the season. But right now, we don't really have that much to worry about. You know, we, I guess we can kind of worry about Colin Hill's situation a little bit. You know, we can worry about the fact that, you know, we're going to be a young quarterback room next year. But, you know, we're paying Mike Leach $5 million to handle all that. 
you know, all the worry in the world is not going to change any of that. I think it's important for us to just kind of sometimes pump the brakes and take a bit of a break and just take a deep breath and say, you know, we'll figure this thing out as we go. Ben Howland and uh, Nikki McCray-Penson both met with the media yesterday, finalizing the schedule. I saw that the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge schedule is out. State's going to play Iowa State. Okay. I don't know what to expect from this basketball team. Everybody tells me uh, that the, the women, I saw that Lindy's had us ranked fourth in the country this year, had us making the Final Four. That's a very talented women's basketball roster. I'm eager to see what kind of new wrinkles Nikki McCray-Penson will bring. Ben Howland, very, very young roster for sure. Very, very young, and that could be a good and bad thing. You know, they don't have the experience, but sometimes youthful exuberance can kind of push a team forward. But that's the thing about men's basketball. One class can change the course of a program. You know, one class can make a huge difference. And so you bring in these guys and they learn to play together. I mean, you know, they, they could certainly ramp you forward. But, you know, I, I would say at this point that the odds are not in favor of that happening. I mean, you don't expect you know, freshmen to come into this very unforgiving league uh, and, and kind of come off the other side of it unscathed. I mean, I think we're going to have some guys that bring some, uh, some explosiveness uh, to the court, but it's going to be a work in progress. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting year of men's basketball. The non-conference schedule is going to be interesting too. I, I mean, I'm eager to see the schedule, eager to see that. And the women's, the women's situation is a little different. I think we expect them to be good. We, we've recruited exceptionally well the last few years. And so, uh, you know, now we just kind of get ready to, to kind of reap the benefits of that. But I'm eager to see what Nikki's going to do with this kind of positionless basketball where anybody can kind of do what they need to do. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. Hope that you're able to take part in all that. So I gave you guys a long show on Monday since we normally preview the next opponent on Wednesday and we don't have an opponent. You know, we, we really just kind of had some bad news to talk about. Uh, going to go a little, a few minutes shorter. I still got to run to town and uh, and grab something to eat before uh, before the day gets too far gone. So that's the show for today. And again, if you're looking for books, you can find them at alphadogsbook.com. You can get Stark Villain shirts at starkvillains.com. And you should always be a subscriber to the website, jeanspage.com. The Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Until next time, it's all of our lives. In a way, we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.